0: My name is Brent. Brent, no last name. Brent, no address. Just Brent and this podcast. Welcome to Fandalites, the weekly podcast where Jenna and myself read and discuss every book of anamorphs in chronological order. This week we are doing Book 32, The Separation, in which, uh, on a class field trip to the beach, Rachel morphs a starfish and gets cut in half. When each half demorphs, they're whole Rachels, but with only parts of her personality. The book calls them Nice Rachel and Mean Rachel, but I'm going to call them Mall Rachel and Knife Rachel. In the midst of this, the Animorphs get tipped off about Yurk research into something called an Anti-Morphine Ray, which of course they have to stop. Knife Rachel derails their plans by being a psychopath, the Animorphs fall for a ruse, and then both Rachels work together to escape from a Yurk trap, discovering in the process that neither of them is complete without the other. At the end of the book, they rejoin by acquiring each other and then morphing each other while Eric the shocks piss out of them. This works.
1: I'm glad that, I'm glad that you added note that this works because it was the most bullshit. (laughs) I mean, we've had some, we've had some bullshit on the, on the, in these books and that's fine. There, you know, sometimes the plot isn't the point. And this is, this is one of those books where the plot wasn't the point. No. In fact, I want to talk about the anti-morphing ray at the top here just to get it out of the way. That rhymed. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: <laughs> uh, th- thank you to whoever does the auto tune remix of that.
1: <laughs> so the so the anti-morphing ray. Yeah. They never actually see it. We never actually see it.
0: No, honestly, uh, I had assumed it was sort of a MacGuffin. I have a note about how I wonder if we'll ever see it again because the they couldn't come up with a better name for it than that.
1: Yeah, the anti-morphing ray. Hi, I'm anti-morphing ray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the weirdest, most niche supervillain ever to be invented <laughs> by Steve Ditko.
1: <laughs> oh, rest in peace. Yeah. But I I have to I mean, I I can't it, it's such an unimportant part of this, it's hard to imagine it coming back, but if the Yorks actually do have it, it would be weird if it didn't make another appearance.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think we're just used to weird MacGuffins disappearing forever, and I don't exactly know why, because I couldn't put my finger on a specific one.
1: Well, no, because like in the in the Megamorph, they had that creature that could hunt morphing, that they went through all the trouble of training and then got destroyed. But (laughs) I I can't assume we'll ever see that again.
0: Well, they'd have to capture and train another.
1: Right? It's a lot of effort.
0: And the Animorphs already proved that they can destroy it. So like, why bother?
1: Yeah, that's true. Whereas this anti-morphing ray, they haven't even tried out yet.
0: Right, <laughs> they have to wait until the animorphs prove that they can destroy it before they stop. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, so I mean, there have been other animorph books where there's. Stuff happening kind of in the background that's not very important because the stuff in the foreground's more important. I'm thinking back. There is that Tobias book really early on where he's sort of romancing that lady hawk, <laughs> and and there's that weird plan where they're like we're gonna turn into fish and then get sucked <laughs> up into the, the ship. <laughs> <Jeez>. Every
0: time <laughs> yeah. I think about that book, it makes me giggle.
1: So this is not the first book that has had this sort of weird hijinks. I don't I don't feel like the rachels interacting with each other was strong enough or sort of meaty enough to really justify how hand wavy the rest of it was
0: yeah um i thought that the rachels themselves were a little I don't know broadly sketched i the reason that i started referring to them in my head as mall rachel and knife rachel instead of mean rachel and nice rachel is because i don't think that mean and nice are accurate descriptors of what parts of her personality they got
1: I think that's entirely fair.
0: Like, nice Rachel isn't nice so much as she is just an incredible pushover who apparently will date anybody.
1: Yeah, I I want, God, I wanted uh, mall Rachel to be, I just wanted her to be Rachel because I love her. So this book opens with like a really great scene where she's at the beach and she loses her earring and there's this kid, Bailey, who's like, hey, Rachel, you're hot. And she's like, yeah, yes. (laughs) <laughs> what of it <laughs> what, what's your point point? and bailey's like you're you're hot and bailey's like yeah hey fuck off <laughs> and bailey's like wow you're really mean and and rachel says uh now you know the difference between good looks and a good personality and i'm like yeah fuck yeah rachel fuck you're the fucking best rachel slam dunk oh she's so good so that i appreciated that the book opens with such a strong Rachel moment that made me love Rachel so much, and then sort of split her off into these I think it's I think it's fair to say weird caricatures,
0: yeah, cartoon versions of Rachel,
1: yeah, parts of her that are i i I think I wanted this to be. I wanted I wanted the knife Rachel part of her to be like the sort of Rachel that she's become since joining the Animorphs—the one who's really ambitious and who's really uh, take charge—and uh, instead she was just sort of a horrifying psychopath,
0: <laughs> a homicidal maniac, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: and I really wanted uh, Mall Rachel to be. Sort of the pre-Animorse Rachel where she was, you know, still like a regular competent human being, uh, but just not hadn't leaned into this other side of her. Because right. I think I think it, this book gets really close. In fact, there's a moment where they're like, wow, so Mall Rachel can just go to school and live my actual life. And then uh, Mean Rachel, can, uh, Knife Rachel can just... <laughs> It's hard. Knife (laughs) Rachel can be the Animorphs fighter. And that's never actually an option because they're so... They're just such caricatures, but I think this book would have been really interesting if that had actually been a possibility.
0: Yeah, I, and and in in this case, small Rachel ended up being such a a wilting mess that uh, there's just no way. I mean, there's a scene where she and this may be too early to get into it because I know you have a whole lot to say about this, and I really want to hear all of it. Actually, is it
1: about her dad? Yes. Fuck yeah, we'll we'll get there.
0: There's a part where she calls daddy. <sighs> And, and is going to reveal to him the whole Animorphs conspiracy if he just looks her in the eyes Ugh. and tells her he's not one of them. Uh, and then she sort of gets scared away by Knife Rachel. But let's, let's talk about Rachel's dad and how he kind of sucks.
1: Yeah, I don't think he has sucked up to this point like he's sort of been like he's not been around as much he got another job in another city but it there hasn't been any indicator that he's been quite as embarrassingly shitty as he was in this book
0: yeah, he's been sort of distant and not present, but not like just out and out awful. Yeah. And his, I mean, in this one, his immediate response to her calling with a serious problem is to talk about like how shitty they've been at work for him.
1: Yeah, he's like, Ugh, are you on drugs? That's all I need. And it's like, wow. <laughs> Yeah. And there's a part early on where Knife Rachel is like, "Uh, my dad got me these gold earrings as a guilt gift for skipping one of our visitation weekends. And I was glad she said that because that's also what I thought because there are no good parents in the Animorphs. (laughs) Except for Cassie's. But uh, as I've said before, I think probably her mom's a controller. Anyway, they it, it it's just this moment where I think knife Rachel is being a lot more honest about how shitty their dad is. And it, that was also weird to me because it is so small. So Rachel is supposed to be really good at long term planning. Because she's the cautious side of Rachel. But I don't know what her fucking plan was. I don't think she knew what her fucking plan was there.
0: She didn't. And that sort of is a weird oversight. Like I get Knife Rachel, just things don't pass through her brain before they come out of her mouth. So she's just out there on the table with, yeah, that was a guilt (laughs) gift. Even though she's not like thinking about it. Mall Rachel, I don't really know what she expected to happen here. Because later on, she's portrayed as much more intelligent than this plan makes her seem but i guess she's sort of wetting herself with fear of being murdered by herself so she may not be thinking entirely clearly at this point we
1: also have this weird moment where she's like i've got to call my dad i'm gonna write a note to myself so i don't forget to call my dad while i'm reaching for the phone and I appreciate that that had to happen so that Knife Rachel could find those notes and piece everything together. But also, it, it really undercut this point that Mall Rachel is sort of like the cautious, thinking things through, very aware of other people's sort of... Just like the this, this more together sort of Rachel. But that's not really what we get. What we get is a pushover, pathetic people pleaser.
0: Yeah, it also sort of left a bad taste in my mouth being paired with the Rachel who spent all of her time up talking. Mm. Because it really plays hard into the like Valley Girl stereotype of the airheaded Clueless, like from the movie Clueless, I guess. Yeah. That sort of thing that they skewer in that.
1: Yeah, like she likes to go to the mall. And she likes to hang out with her friends.
0: And and the implication of the the way this split happens is that without this blisteringly insane murderer inside <laughs> her, she would be just empty-headed J Crew whatever.
1: Yeah, basically without the BDSM uh, <laughs> <laughs> part.
0: I wasn't gonna bring up the fact <laughs> that Knife Rachel's into leather and she... wanted to whip Marco, but. <laughs>
1: I mean, I did so I did. It's yeah, it's just without this like it's a it's a weird it's a weird point to draw, and that's kind of why I wanted it to be a more even split. But instead, it's yeah. like a murderer who monologues about eating a fish's heart while it's still beating, and threatens a girl with a knife in like a William Sonoma store. <laughs> <laughs> it's just,
0: more it's, than one knife. Yeah,
1: with a whole bunch of knives. It was such a weird. It, it's such a weird dichotomy, and if it, it felt a little, it felt a little rushed for for an animorphs book, which otherwise have a lot of weird, interesting internal stuff.
0: And I mean, she has this knife. Rachel has this whole weird thing that she keeps repeating about how Tobias is a warrior and a fitting mate, mm-hmm. and it's like, ooh, why are you a Klingon?
1: <laughs> like, what, what is happening? Uh, huh. Oh my god. Yeah, at one point she like basically is strangling Tobias because she's using him as a shield. It was, (laughs) this is a mess. This was a mess. I want to circle back to Rachel's dad. Because I haven't, yeah, I haven't yeah, finished please. shitting on this dude.
0: Please, keep keep going. This is something that you have a way more nuanced perspective on than I do. I
1: mean, my parents are divorced. They didn't get divorced until I was in my 20s. So I, I feel like I there was no visitation or anything like that. I didn't see my dad for a while because of the things that he did. But that's fine. We're fine now. But it's just that... That's good.
0: I'm glad for you. Yeah, I
1: am too. It took a while. It took a while. It took a while of just not seeing his dumb face, but we've, we've, we've gotten, we're in a good place now. Uh, So Rachel's fucking dad thinks she's on drugs. And that's a fair response to the call that he gets from her. Also thinks that she might be dating Jake for a second, her cousin, Jake. That was weird.
0: Is more upset that she might be dating an adult man.
1: Yeah, which is that's fair.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know which is worse. There. Yeah,
1: but her his response to all of this is. Okay, I'll rewrite, reroute one of my flights to land in town for one hour. You have to meet me at the airport and tell me whatever you've got to fucking tell me. I've got an hour before I have to go to what was like the Philippines or something. Uh,
0: I think it was Argentina, but I don't remember. So
1: that's already the worst parenting that we've probably seen in the these entire fucking books.
0: Oh, don't let him off the hook because that was his like plan when he gave in his initial response was have you tried talking to your mother she's better about these things
1: yeah she's like actually there and cares about you have you tried talking (laughs) to your It, it is weird that she didn't try talking to her mom again we don't really know what her follow through on this dumb plan was but
0: in in the book so far it's kind of been shown that rachel has a little more arm's length relationship with her mom than she does with her dad even though her dad is apparently the worst i'm
1: feel like maybe her dad has gotten worse because again like we haven't really he wasn't he hasn't been around much other than that one book where he helps her get on tv to meet her, her <laughs> idol that was a weird one yeah uh where she's allergic to an alligator and becomes an alligator That was weird anyway
0: these fucking books, these fucking books. i i am eric the chi in this book where <laughs> i'm like why do i hang out with you people you people are so strange
1: <laughs> yes so I mean I think I think maybe he's gotten he's become a worse dad as time goes by. That's the feeling I get. Cuz after after they meet and he meets both halves of Rachel and it's a crazy meeting he just fucking bails. Like, he's like, well, my hour's up. Good luck with whatever this is, kiddo.
0: Yeah, and like, good, good job being completely schizophrenic in this airport restaurant.
1: Where you were just allowed in.
0: It is very much the 90s here. It's so the 90s. Good job being schizophrenic in this airport restaurant. Uh, I got a connecting flight, so see ya.
1: Bye. Yeah, and he just fucking bails. It's just the worst parenting we've seen so far by a long shot. Poor Rachel.
0: I think you're right. He must have gotten worse because up till this point, it's been portrayed like Rachel has a more close relationship uh, with her father emotionally, like in terms of things she can talk about. But he's just, man,
1: he's almost over the top bad.
0: It it's like he's got a completely new life with his new job in his new city and he's just sort of left the girls behind him yeah
1: pretty much I- i'm curious to see what we see of rachel's dad moving forward yeah anyway it was just sort of this it, her dad's just so spectacularly awful it, it it almost it was almost in line with the sort of very loose characterization of the Rachels. So that might just have been the whole energy of this book.
0: Oh, like her dad also morphed a starfish and got cut <laughs> in half. And we're seeing the <laughs> shitty dad part of him who's obsessed with his career. Yes. And not the stay-at-home Manny part of him but that just wants to like paint Rachel's toenails and talk about boys. Yeah,
1: and be like a, a comforting father figure.
0: An actual presence who's there in her life to discuss her feelings.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think that's probably exactly what happened.
0: This is as good a time as any to just mention that my new headcanon is that Visser 3 once morphed to Starfish and got cut in half, and then Knife Visser 3 immediately murdered Maul Visser 3, and that's why the Visser 3 that we see right now is so insanely murderous all the time and also terrible at plans.
1: Okay, so you're positing a reality in which there was, for a brief moment, an up-talking Maul Visser. I just really love Andalites? Like, I just think they're really cool. Yes,
0: exactly (laughs) like that. It makes shit square so much better with the Esplan that we see in the Hulk Bashir Chronicles.
1: Yeah. I, although I think it's probably not a starfish. I think it's probably some sort of fucking weird alien species. A starfish alien.
0: Yeah, right. Whichever one of the hundred animals on the Andalite homeworld can regenerate, <laughs> who cares? The point is, he got cut in half. He definitely got the uh, the good, the, the, the wimpy Xander, confident Xander situation going on. Except one of them just immediately knifed the other one to death because that's what you do in the yurk hierarchy
1: that is exactly what visor 3 would do in that situation so yeah i think that's that's good canon everybody's just a split of themselves
0: i mean we, we can get back to talking about rachel's shitty dad in a little if you want i
1: don't know if i have anything more to say about that fucker (laughs)
0: okay all right i i mean i do i do want to make sure that we cover the fact that knife rachel flips the chair around (laughs) at the airport restaurant and sits down to rap with her pops
1: that was so good that was such a weird thing to include. It's just making me... Was there a time in the 90s when that was actually cool? Because all I can remember is the youth pastors doing that, ironically.
0: I feel like there was a time when that may have been a, like a proto-trope in young adult television in the
1: 90s. Mm, I can very picture I can very much picture Will Smith doing it.
0: Like somebody in Ghost Rider did it. <gasps> and like maybe Sean and Boy Meets world did it once or okay, twice
1: yeah
0: but very much like in hell year 2018 it just makes me picture knife rachel being played by steve buscemi
1: horrible <laughs> horrible so but
0: hello fellow teens
1: yeah Mul rachel is still just rachel but yeah knife rachel is steve buscemi
0: uh but when he looks in the mirror he sees normal rachel it's very much a <laughs> quantum leap style situation oh boy
1: very good
0: uh, so what I was going to throw out here is I think it might be a, l- a fun little game to come up with what we think the other Animorph splits would be.
1: Oh, like what their personalities would be if they were uh-huh. split in half?
0: Yeah, if they morphed Starfish and got cut in half, what would the two that came up be? Uh,
1: Well, let's start with Marco. I feel like that's the easiest one.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Because Marco's already kind of a split of himself in certain situations, (laughs) because there's one who is entirely unfocused and just makes jokes all the time. And I feel like the other one would be like the super serious and intense stratagem.
0: Yeah, I I think that uh, Marco would, like you said, definitely have jokester Marco and like completely amoral follow through, I can see the bright line between A and B (sighs) Marco, like uh, how Reed Richards turned into a villain in the Ultimate Marvel Universe sure i i I, uh, I only know that from secret wars who cares anyway <laughs> <laughs> i love comics they are my waifu we're agreed on marco
1: yeah that one's an easy one i think cassie would probably be split between like nihilist cassie who doesn't think anything matters and is just hyper depressed and doesn't do anything because she can't be bothered because what's the fucking point I might be projecting and I think the other half of Cassie is probably like so overburdened with possibilities and thinking through all the moral implications. She's the cheaty from from a good place oh, is basically yes, like yes. just too burdened with thinking of the moral possibilities to do anything.
0: So that's interesting because my conception of Cassie splits would be the one that is empathetic to a fault so much so that she spends all her time apologizing for perceived injuries mm. that she is inflicted on other people and the one who has realized that nature is red and tooth and claw and the strong eat the weak and is more like knife rachel than she probably wants to admit it ha
1: huh, i like that i like that split
0: yeah like less less homicidally intense but very much more like the strong rule over the weak and that is the way of things
1: some moral relativism yeah i like that would tobias split just be hawk tobias and human tobias
0: well obviously
1: okay good
0: <laughs> like there's, there's not even a there's not even a question there i mean <laughs> unless he gets caught in three and one of them is Seek and andalite tobias
1: oh i like that yes it's a three-way split on that starfish <laughs> <laughs> what about okay <laughs> what about jake
0: okay jake jake i definitely see being split into b-ball 24 who <laughs> <laughs> who is this sort of just like dumb, goofy, oatmeal, vanilla kid who uh, really likes basketball and uh, doesn't really have a lot else going on personality-wise and like real charismatic manipulator, Jake,
1: Hmm.
0: like who can get people to do anything he wants without them knowing that he is the one convincing them to do it, but without necessarily any morality.
1: Hmm. Okay, I think I like that, yeah.
0: But that's what I'm seeing because, and and Jake was the hardest one for me, honestly, because he didn't have a ton of personality to begin with.
1: I mean, his personality is so wrapped up in his function within the group.
0: Well, and he's sort of, that's most of his character development that I've seen has been about him basically coming to terms with the fact that he almost instinctively knows how to frame things to get his friends to arrive at the outcome he already knows is what needs to happen. Hmm. It's... Not exactly the same as Marco's completely amoral, like, if I want to accomplish this goal, these are the things I need to sacrifice. It's a more, I think this is what we need to do, and in order to get everybody on board, it needs to be this person's idea, so I need to frame it like this.
1: Yeah, okay. I I can see what you're saying. I I don't really see Jake as being super manipulative. Uh, I sort of perceive him more as reluctantly plotting out the path that they have to take
0: yeah well that's why i think that if you split him in half you would get the side that uses that ability to just get whatever he
1: wants okay yeah i can see what you're saying
0: because it's it's sort of manipulative he's feels terrible about doing it but he is sort of doing it
1: yeah yeah i think that's fair i think that's a fair split uh do you have a split on axe oh man axe
0: well one side is definitely the like duty-bound andalite warrior who will just slit his throat with his tail blade because he hasn't avenged his brother's death okay ah, uh, what's the other half though like i don't know like the sort of sort of sarcastic kid that loves morphing things with mouths and is distracted by andalite females in math class
1: super hedonist yeah i like hedonist acts yeah hedonist?
0: oh jesus yes oh yeah. god okay so, axe splits in the axe that will never morph again because Andalite is the best form. Yes, he is a, a Andalite warrior dedicated to just head-on assaulting the Yurks. And axe who immediately morphs human and just explodes his stomach like in seven, but with Cinnabuns instead <laughs> of so spaghetti.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or. What if Axe? What if Split Axe is kind of like a deer head and neck with arms? And then. then,
0: If Andalites wore pants, would they wear them like this? Or like this.
1: Deer body with a scorpion tail. I know there is two halves. Jesus. It's not halves, it's just. (laughs) <laughs> slices
0: like in that movie with J-Lo where they're in someone's head and the horse gets murdered yeah I forget what it's called I
1: forget too but I know exactly what you're talking about it's a weird one mm. um god what else about this book oh it's it, so Marco shouts out uh gives a shout out to Goosebumps books which I thought was very good
0: yes that's do on th- brand do
1: you think do you think do you think K.A. Applegate and R.L. Stein ever hung out do you think there was like a scholastic like meetup where all the authors met and KA and RL hung out and became best friends and they called themselves Carl and when they came to parties, everyone would be like, oh, Carl's here. Let's get this party started.
0: Uh, I really hope that they just both joined the Rock Bottom Remainders with Dave Barry and Stephen King. Oh, <laughs> the, the, the literary rock cover band.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: my that's my headcanon right now.
1: I like it. I think R.L. Stein
0: played bass, and K.A. Applegate just fucking wailed
1: on the drums. Yeah, that's good as hell. I want all the scholastic authors to have been friends. That's what I want. (laughs) Is there anything else you wanted to say about this book?
0: Towards the end of it, one of the Rachels uses the phrase, a vast, rusty fantasy of steel, to describe the foundry that they're approaching, and... Hmm. I don't really have anything else to say about that other than I like really like that turn of phrase. I don't know why exactly, but uh, it's it's beautiful, I think.
1: It is. It sounds like something that'd be in Exalted, an Exalted game.
0: Ooh, my God. Yes. Okay. I'm definitely statting up an artifact called <laughs> the vast rusty fantasy of steel now. There was a point where Knife Rachel is sort of realizing that they were correct, that Mal Rachel has parts of her mind that she can't access and i sort of half expected her to come up with the plan of getting them back by cutting them out of Mul rachel's brain physically
1: can't make any plans though saving grace i also
0: wanted to talk about how there's an attempt uh in this book at one point to sort of i think i think it was on purpose and not just me reading into it draw a parallel between knife rachel and book three david
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because
0: when they're talking to Mall Rachel in Cassie's barn, Jake just sort of throws out, I assume that Knife Rachel is here and more spying on us, which implies a level of planning that Knife Rachel's not shown to be capable of later, but okay. Yeah. And that's obviously, you know, what David did. And she tries to straight up murder the cat before having a... Just rage, spasm. Hmm. And that's, once again, an allusion to David just murdering that other bird. And I, I, so I think there's an effort being made in this book to draw parallel between the dark parts of Rachel and Book 3 David.
1: There's a point where Jake says... You're doing what David did, and he's an awful now. So you want to do this? Oh, yeah, that's
0: true. That's true. Uh, he does say it explicitly. I don't think it quite lands, though.
1: No, it doesn't. Rachel's too steroided out. Yeah,
0: like everybody knows that knife Rachel is not in her right mind. And either is yeah. small Rachel, it's just that she's easier to bully uh, into doing <laughs> what you want. hmm <laughs> But so yeah, I, I think there was definitely an effort to to make a parallel there. I think if the book was twice as long, it might have landed better. If if the mm. Rachel halves were shown to be a little more nuanced, but in the space that you've got with an Animorphs book, it's, it just didn't didn't quite land for me.
1: Yeah, they both go full of these sort of stereotypes so quickly. Cause at least in David again, yeah, what you're saying, there there were three books and you could have that sort of slow bill. Even
0: though I don't think the character characterization of David in those three books was a Slow build so much as a brick wall in book three
1: huh yeah it, we don't even get that in this though because like knife rachel is so immediately knife rachel and mall rachel is so immediately mall rachel
0: <laughs> it's it's real strange because knife rachel doesn't even retain the like ultimate mall knowledge that rachel has been shown to have with all the back alleys
1: <laughs> and stuff for yeah i like the idea that that's just part of rachel's intrinsic planning her long-term <laughs> planning skills <laughs>
0: There's also a point in this book where Cassie reacts to somebody bumping into Rachel in the mall by just immediately throwing herself between them and trying to talk (laughs) Rachel down. Like, it's not worth it, Rachel. It's not worth it. You, You don't have to hulk out. That rung really true for me, given sort of rachel's emotional trajectory so far
1: oh like you think if that were whole rachel she would have started some shit not
0: necessarily but i don't think it was an unfounded response on cassie's part given mm. how rachel has been responding to the stresses that they're all under
1: yeah i think that's fair i don't think rachel whole rachel would have started anything but i think afterwards she would have been like cassie you should have let me come a bear and, and brr, 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 brr.
0: Right, she wouldn't have morphed a grizzly and taken that person's head off, but she definitely would have thought about it.
1: Yeah, yes. She might have gotten a little furry.
0: And then smiled while she thought about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because you can't have Rachel without Knife Rachel. Well, right. And I love Knife Rachel.
0: <laughs> Knife Rachel is pretty cool, except when she's having, like, weird tantrums.
1: Yeah. Except for when she's, like, bullying Mall Rachel, which I made. I felt very bad for Mall Rachel. I know. <laughs> Not getting to sleep in her own bed.
0: Was, and... and- how broken up do you think like whole Rachel was after she reintegrated and got home, and both arms were missing from Bobo Bear?
1: Oh. I would have been devastated. It's tragic. I know. I hope. I hope she tells her mom, and I hope her mom fixes it.
0: I'm, you don't think Rachel can fix it herself?
1: I don't do you think i'm sorry do you think rachel like patches her clothing if anything she would give it to cassie and cassie could fix it
0: Uh, cassie could fix it if it was a tractor or the name brand shout out peter built motor
1: oh you don't think cassie has like stitching skills you know she probably
0: does she does sutures and stuff
1: yeah and what is a stuffed animal but an animal
0: (laughs) i was just imagining that rachel probably has a minimum of skill from applying like not not like darning her socks but like applying patches for like patterned patches or embroidered patches for stylistic reasons.
1: I'm trying to think to the 90s.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was completely not in style in the 90s, so.
1: I don't think patches were a thing in the 90s quite as much as they are like now for nerds. Patches
0: have always been a thing in the punk scene and always will be.
1: But Rachel wasn't a punk. You know that. Knife Rachel was. Yeah, Knife
0: Rachel was definitely a punk. No, what? You, you can I can definitely do see know. Knife Rachel sitting around putting, like, applying some fucking studs to her leather jacket while shooting heroin and smoking.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can see her safety pinning some patches on a jacket. Not sewing them, though.
0: Yeah, that's true. Sewing is a, I don't know. I just, I sort of assumed that it would be part of Rachel's general, like, style ability, but maybe that's not a thing. I don't know how style works. Maybe stylish people don't ever repair clothes. Maybe they helped help to get sewn.
1: I think I just think Ra- I think if Rachel got a tear in some pants, she would just get new pants.
0: That's fair. I don't think she'd take Bobo Bear to her mom, though, because her mom's like a lawyer. What does she know about sewing?
1: Well, was she is she gonna take it to her dad? Fuck that Her guy. little
0: sister is her little sister in like Girl Scouts? They have to sew patches <laughs> on their sash, right?
1: That's true. Maybe. Do you think Rachel is a Girl Scout? Mm, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I don't recall Boy Scouts being cool when I was in them in the 90s. I don't know if Girl Scouts ever were.
1: I feel like, I mean, if I feel like if Rachel was, she probably would have gotten out by high school. Uh, like
0: she would have been maybe a brownie and then like just bounced.
1: Yeah, it's possible. So maybe she has, she might have some sewing skills. I like the post credit scene where it's just her sewing up her bear. The nice quiet moment. And Rachel
0: just seems so self-sufficient that it's hard for me to imagine she doesn't have s- like a minimal like she's whip stitching it it's nothing fancy but
1: i like the idea that maybe rachel has in her locker like a sewing kit so that if there's a fashion disaster she can respond to it immediately i think that works yes exactly
0: she tears a hole in her jeans and she's got to decide split second whether she needs to fix that or like
1: lean into it yeah
0: get the tear more fashionably correct aesthetically yeah
1: (laughs) yes i can see that (laughs) okay Brent, is there anything else about this book yes. that you have? Yes, okay.
0: Uh, there is actually another <laughs> thing about this book that I have. Argue. You're just in a real hurry to make this a short episode, I guess.
1: I just want to keep you on fucking track, Brent. You know what? Brent. We've been more illusion-heavy this episode than uh, Just
0: wait till next episode, Jenna. I've got so many illusions, okay. you won't even know what hit you.
1: <laughs> An illusion, Brent?
0: Oh, because the next book that we're going to do, number 33, is The Illusion? No, I get it. Mm. I get it. I get it
1: what a brilliant brilliant tie in yeah in fact uh we'll be back next week with book 33 the illusion uh so check us out
0: (laughs) yes like and subscribe in the comments below thanks for listening um hit us up if you've got comments we're on twitter at vandalites um although sometimes i accidentally tweet things that i mean to do from my personal account on there because i've got both of them on my phone and I'm kind of a dummy. Uh, Find us on Tumblr at Fandalites.tumblr.com. Email us Fandalites at gmail.com. Hit us up on the web, www.Fandalites.com or our sister site, AndaliteTruth.org. What? What? Uh, Thanks to Dustin O'Dell for the use of our theme music for our intro and outro. Um, He's a great dude who does excellent music. Definitely look up his stuff at DustinO'Dell.Bandcamp.com. And we'll see you next week for Book 33, The Illusion. Until then, remember... Nostalgia is a drug. craftfty morphs their whole uh mm. <laughs>